Welcome to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's a lovely Tuesday afternoon. It looks a little overcast, but, eh, you know, I can live with that. Uh, I was hoping it's, to have the Live Well. It's chilly out there. It is chilly out there. I was hoping to have the Live Well Society on today, but unfortunately, circumstances beyond our control, they're unable to attend. Instead, well, I have Reg. Are they unable to, or are they just running late? It could be either. They're yeah, just cold. So we'll, we'll find out. What's that? Oh, I said they're just cold. They they're just be. cold. They yeah. could be. They could be just cold. So instead, maybe we can go through some of the events that are going to be occurring. Well, first, let, let's talk about uh, the Grey Cup. Came and went yesterday. Did you? Did you? You didn't watch it. Either. I missed it. I, you know, I was busy watching NFL, and mm-hmm. I forgot all about. I just saw a post on uh, Facebook that uh, Montreal Alouettes managed to take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, and Montreal didn't have a particularly great season. No, but they just put it together in the last game. Very exciting. I watched the watched the highlights, and it was just. Wow. Well, have, in, hmm? in the off-season, Montreal was run by the CFL. Right. It was eventually sold to this new owner. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. They got a new coach, and, I mean, they were in absolute turmoil at the beginning of the season, and they win the Grey Cup. Isn't that the magic of the CFL? Well, it is. And it's probably the only professional sports league where you could be mediocre most of the season and still pull it out at the end. Yes. And part of that reason is because of the NFL. Because the NFL starts their season substantially later than the CFL. So all these uh, players who just quite aren't quite good enough to make the NFL get cut. And go to and, the CFL. And now they're looking for a place to play. So a lot of CFL teams stock up on these uh, NFL wannabes late or mid-season and all of a sudden they've got a far better team than they had before those cuts were made that may be true um it's interesting winnipeg blue bombers they've been in four gray cups they won two they're two and two well i think it's four and four four in the last four like four straight exactly yeah and they're two and two yeah which is interesting because they are a dynasty. They're, 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 I equivalent, they have equivalent become, them yes. as the same as the Eskimo dynasty in the 70s and 80s. Eskimos. I, I vaguely remember them. Yes. I call them the Eskimos. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't mean to be well, offensive they, well, or anything, they were, that's what they were called. They were called the Eskimos called, back in the I day. I still when, call them the Eskimos. And, and they, yeah. The 70s, that was pretty much their decade, really. Yeah. It was them. From the and, mid-70s to the almost mid-80s. Yeah. Them and the Alouettes in the 70s going head-to-head. Almost yearly. It exactly. was crazy. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg just seems to be that caliber of a team, too. Yeah, they've gotten to that point. But, and, yeah, it, it can be a bit of a, a pain for uh, BC Lion fans and other people. But uh, the fact that they've only won two out of those four. Oh, it means they're beatable, sure. Yeah. So it does uh, show that they've... They might have perhaps an Achilles heel or something. Right, and the Lions were good this year. At least uh, building up to the playoffs, they were good. Yeah. So your guest has shown up. Yay! So I will... uh, Well, actually, we can have her come in and and take this uh, seat at mic number one. And then uh, we can proceed with talking about... uh, What was it again? Live Well Prince George, right? It's the Live Well... Is it the Live Well Society, I believe? 
Yes. Live, yeah, Live Well Prince George Society. Thank you. Margaret you Jackson. Go. I have with me Margaret Jackson. <laughs> That's correct. For With the Live Well Prince George Society. Now, whenever I drive down Kings, Queensway, I come around that corner and I see a sign that says Live Well. And I've always wondered what that meant. We mean so much to so many. Um, so I can tell you right now our... Elevator speech is that we are here to help Prince George become the happy place, actually. We used to have so many great events in Prince George, and we want to bring some of those events back. Okay. Um, We support the juvenile arthritis kids. We support the uh, Northern BC Children and Family Heart of Hearing. Um, So in doing that, we actually have an event called Jingle Bell Walk and Shop at the CN Center. And that was actually started quite a few years ago in partnership with the city of Prince George when they wanted to get more people out and exercise during the winter months. So we approached them with this concept of having vendors and activities around the concourse as people walk so we can walk and shop and have a little bit of fun and food. It's become a social event. I see. That's Okay, that's interesting. So... There are different groups that have tables that set up. Are they uh, societies or are they businesses? It is a combination of nonprofits, home-based businesses, uh, local businesses. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. This is our first year that we've even had like a mini children's festival where it'll be uh, beanbag toss, uh, spinning wheels, and all sorts of activities for the whole entire family. So we want them to come and walk and shop and share and just have some fun for the day. That's cool. I mean, it, it allows you the opportunity to get exercise, but get some of that Christmas shopping done, and to buy local. Buy local, supporting local, and right. it's all for the embitterment of, of our local community. Definitely. I mean, we're not saying to buy everything local, but at least something this year, the Christmas, to find something that you can... You know, stocking stuffer or some sort of gift because there's a, n- a number of amazing things. We see them at the craft fairs all all over the city, all year long. So it's not like we don't have a wide selection. So you were saying that this is, this is new this year, but it's been around before since 2014, actually. Since 2014. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been a member of the Live uh, Well since Society? Since 2014. Since 2014. <laughs> so were you a founding member? Um, Part of a, a group of, of passionate Prince George community citizens, you betcha. Okay. And it, it has evolved. Um, some, you know, we grow older and sure. wiser, and some move on. Some actually, unfortunately, during COVID, we lost a few that uh, succumbed to COVID. Um, but, you know, COVID's over now. We're trying to reignite um, many different organizations. Um, so we do encourage people also when you're a part of a nonprofit that's struggling, don't just close your organization, merge with another like-minded group. So it really helps. Um, that kind of leads into the other event that we've got going. Okay. Actually, before we get into that event, I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to ask you to move one seat over. If you could. We're just sure. having an issue with one of the microphones here. I'm not sure what the issue is, but that's that's radio technology. Sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. <laughs> kind of like us seniors. There you go. Kind of like me, actually. <laughs> sometimes I work, sometimes I don't. Uh, but uh, yes, so yes, the Jingle Bell Christmas Craft Fair, just to, just to remind people, it's Sunday, December 3rd. 
this year. From 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., it allows you that opportunity to take your family out, go for a nice walk around the concourse, and while you're doing that, pick up some nice gifts for Christmas. Very unique. Yes. Food items, game items. It's just a little bit of something for everyone. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and next? We're very busy organization. Obviously, after COVID has decided to rescind a bit and the public health order has been lifted, right. um, we have rebooted the arthritis support group. Um, and like I was mentioning earlier, um, when you have organizations that are struggling, don't close, merge with the like-minded. So we are now um, partnering with um, other organizations like the COPD group. Um, they can still come and be a part of our support group because it's all about arthritis and chronic pain. Okay. We all have that from time to time. I do. And and even if it's not a a diagnosed issue, um, there's so many tips and tricks and tools that uh, adaptive uh, gadgets they'll be able to see on on the twenty twenty what is it twenty seven twenty ninth twenty ninth and that's a good point that it, you yes. don't need to be diagnosed you don't need a doctor's note um, you can self um, um, what would be support self, yourself? Self support yourself. Yeah, I mean, you you know that you're in pain, or you know that you're having issues, uh, and it is a good idea to go around and 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 talk to like minded people to get tips and tricks on how to um, work on the symptoms. Be, stay mobile, stay connected in the community, eliminate any of those uh, feelings of isolation, and and that you're out there by yourself. There's many of us out there. Yes, it, there is that social component as well. Absolutely. And it's your Healthy Living Workshop. It's Arthritis and Chronic Pain Support Group, November 29th, 2023, from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the Prince George Civic Center. And as you said, you are um, partnered with the Arthritis Society? That's correct. And the Live Well Prince George. And before we get to the next... Again, I'm interested about the Live Well Society in 2014. Is it just a local, or just is it across local. the country? I, I wish we had been a uh, forward-thinking to say Live Well BC and Live Well Canada, because it is needed, you're right, straight across the continent. It just. Um, but we focus on Prince George. Yes. We do help other areas of, you know, the lower mainland that, seems to be struggling with so many resources they have access to. Right. Um, here in the North, we, we know how to take care of ourselves and what we need. We, we somehow seem to acquire it. Yes. Well, it, it is a pretty self-sufficient and uh, um, pioneer spirit in Northern exactly. British Columbia. And exactly. I think part of that is because we've had to. That we just don't have the support that the Lower Mainland gets. We don't have the infrastructure the Lower <laughs> Mainland has, and we don't have the population the Lower Mainland has. And so. we still have to do that. Um, like the, the BC Northern Family and Children's Hearing Society, it's all about deaf and hard of hearing kids. Right. If they want to be in, in a school environment... We have we, we lack the support for those children here in northern BC. Okay. The only deaf and hard of hearing school is actually located in the Lower Mainland. Oh, really? So can you imagine being a parent having to send your children into the Lower Mainland? 
I did not know that. Most people don't know that. So we're pounding the table, sharing that information. Um, and, and that's why it's so important to raise funds for them. It's a new organization we're partnering with this year, even though um, I'm hard of hearing and, and have supported them throughout many years. Um, the public needs to know how desperately we need to support those kids in the north. Yes, um, bad enough that they have a disability. I don't know if I want to call it a disability, but it's. But they also need to leave their community in order to become educated. I know I grew up in Edmonton, and we used to have the Winifred Stewart. I think they still do Institute for the Deaf. And it was a big institution that served an awful lot of people. I imagine it's still there. And so I never thought anything about it. I thought every community must have some facility to to work with the deaf. And it isn't a small percentage of the population. There are a lot of people that have trouble with their hearing. And, And sometimes you're fine during your youth and child and growing up, and then all of a sudden you become a senior and it becomes a, a challenge again. Yes, so, I'm, I'm familiar with some people in my life that are hard of hearing, but <laughs> I won't, won't mention names. How's that? <laughs> I, I, I've struggled from it, too. I mean, I spent uh, a lot of my time listening to loud music and whatnot, and that's impacted me. So I think everybody at some point in time has been impacted by that. That is so true. The, the the one event that I quite enjoyed this year with the Heart of Hearing Kids was their adventure camp held out at Nest Lake. Oh, nice. It was kids from Rupert, Chetwin, North, South. It was just fabulous to see them all, some totally deaf and doing their sign language. Some are partially hearing and, and some are deaf and yet speak because they've been equipped with special equipment to do that. Oh. So I had a great amount of education in September when they had the adventure camp. And I can't uh, say enough about the organization here in town. The, the program coordinator is Katie Suick, and she's been doing amazing work uh, working along with their board. So I'm happy that we partnered with them. Uh, and again, what was the organization? Northern BC Children's and Families hearing society okay Uh, so there is a society that takes care of this we just don't have a a brick and mortar facility to not yet education but we're working on it all right now if there's somebody out there listening and is interested in that what is it what could they do well contact myself and i would make sure that they are connected with katie and the group okay um so yes uh the phone number is easy 250-961-1999 Millennial should be able to remember that one really well. Right, and if you go to our website this afternoon or tomorrow morning, I'll have um, your name and number and contact information on the website under Community Echoes. Yeah, CFIS. Fabulous, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we have, um, and just as a quick promo, we have Community Echoes, Senior Moments, and after nine, uh, we're starting to, to add those links onto our website. So if somebody's heard something on the radio and they didn't have a pen handy or they're driving down the road um, or they have a bad memory like me, they can go to the website and they can find the information. And that's cfisfm.ca. That is fabulous news to hear. Okay. Changes happening all the time. Okay, now, I, now again, I, I'm still I'm interested in that foundation what was it in 2014, or who was it in 2014, that thought, you know, there's a gap. We well, need that gap filled. I, I think you've been around long enough to remember the, the Northern BC Children's Festival. 
Yes. And it closed out in 2012, 2013, and, and it just seemed like many things that we used to enjoy, and that's why I moved to Prince George back in 1979 and, and through the 80s and 90s. There was so much great events happening to get the children involved, my my children and their friends, you know. The right. Sandblast got reinvented into Climb the Hill for Cancer. Right. So that's what we're trying to do is, is just help the community remember some of those good memories and bring something back so our new generation of children will have great memories about the, the positive, good life Prince George has to offer. Okay, so if that was, in 2014, your focus was to fill up that gap that the Children's Festival left, you've, you've actually expanded beyond that because your focus isn't just on children. Children's and seniors mostly, yes. Okay. However, um, because of my past work experience and that, um, I actually have become a, a grant writer so I do help and it's all through the Live Well Prince George nonprofit. Uh, if they need help funding or finding funding I can do the research and help them guide them in that direction okay um, well we're going to come back to, we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back we're, we're going to talk about this because I, I'm pretty sure and my memory's not very good but pretty sure that this was one area that you helped us back when I worked at the John Howard Society <laughs> Hey friends, Dylan Stone here from the Country Gold Mine. Have you ever dreamt of going to Nashville and making the rounds from Tootsie's to the Bluebird Cafe to the Grand Ole Opry? Well, let us take you down Music Row and you can live the honky-tonk lifestyle with us every Friday night right here on CFIS 93.1 FM. Brought to you by Darren Guest at Northland Dodge, the Country Gold Mine, Friday nights from 8 to 10 here on 93.1 CFIS FM. Although it's becoming winter, gardeners have questions all year round. The downtown branch at the Public Library is hosting an Ask a Master Gardener event on November 25th for a chance to have those questions answered. Whether you're double-checking on having your garden set for winter or getting an early start on next spring, bring your questions and ask an expert. This is also a chance to return any saved seeds from the local seed library. Ask a Master Gardener, Saturday, November 25th from 1 to 2 at the downtown branch of the Public Library. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. Wind from the south at 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 4. Tonight, mainly cloudy, gusting south winds continuing. The temperature steady near 4. On Tuesday, cloudy, the 40% chance of showers. More gusting south winds with a high of 5. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm your host, Wayne Hughes, and I'm here with Margaret Jackson of the Live Well Prince George Society. Now, we are, we've already talked about their healthy uh, living workshop with their arthritis and chronic pain support group, which is November 29th, uh, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the Prince George Civic Center. Uh, There's also the Jingle Bell Christmas Craft Fair, Sunday, December 3rd, 2023, (laughs) just in case you think it's next year, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I can't believe how quickly Christmas has come upon us. Anyways, it is that opportunity to get some exercise and to maybe to buy some local goods for Christmas. Now, as we were talking earlier, your focus, you know, seems to be on, on children and seniors, but it's not exclusively seniors and children. For example, you have your community gaming grant workshop. Correct? That, that is true. So it is for the nonprofit communities around Prince George and believe it or not, around BC. If they connect with our, our website, I can send them the link. So it, it really is province wide. 
there is so much funding out there and people don't know how or where to look for funding. The British Columbia gaming funds, of course, directly come from our casinos, our bingos. Correct. The city gets so much money for actually hosting this casino here in Prince George, but we as nonprofits can apply for our share of that fund that comes in. So that's why we, we need to make sure the word gets out there that the funding is available. There's certain ways you need to be able to fill out the form completely and accurately so you get the best dollars for the time that you spend. Right. Uh, the the downside is the, the gaming grant for social uh, um, service organizations. It will be closing on November 30th at 11.59 at night. Okay. So that's why this grant webinar is so important because it's kind of like the last kick of the can to make sure that you get all your questions answered. If you have any trouble or, or issues that you think maybe something's not quite right, give us a call and we can try to guide and direct. And, and if, if worse comes to worse, we connect you to Victoria. Yes, and, and, and in another lifetime, my whole life revolved around community gaming grants. Mm-hmm. Uh, our lifeblood was community gaming grants, and I, I know that you need to dot every I and cross mm-hmm. every T. Otherwise, um, the process is much more difficult. Or, if you are denied, you need to wait another entire year before you can apply again. There, there have been circumstances where they've, they've bailed us out, but um, I do know the, the, the how in-depth they are when it comes to the gaming grant. Now, who is eligible for a call community gaming grant? Any non-profit. Or not-for-profit? Not-for-profit. We do have funds available in a different program okay. for when you have profit or social enterprise. But community gaming ground is specifically for the nonprofit organizations. Okay, and so are these uh, organizations need to be societies? That or is charities? the best. Uh, either one. Okay. Federal or provincial. Okay. Just out of curiosity, in your experience, what is the most popular? Um, Human services is the largest. The largest. The other areas there's there's actually six different areas. You okay. know, sports, art, and culture. Uh, environment, that sort of thing. But human services is actually the largest. Um, there's actually $140 million available. Oh, dear. So, yes. So to get your slice of the pie, uh, you definitely want to make sure the grant is filled out as, as accurately as possible. And the verbiage, the words you use, um, you want to make sure you speak their language. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, is it really um, a bit of salesmanship when it comes to these applications? They, I'm going to say a picture says a thousand words. So if you have pictures explaining your programs or services, definitely add those in. And that's what you learn going through the webinar. You'll be able to see um, letters of support. It doesn't have to be the whole entire letter, but maybe a snippet, like a just a one-liner and what organization or, or who is supporting your application. It shows the community involvement, community support, and that's very important. Right. Again, in my experience, it, that was crucial, is to have um, other um, groups support you. Absolutely. So that, and, and unfortunately in the environment, and I don't know if it's, I've retired now, so I don't know if it's still in existence, but one of the downsides to this is that there are organizations that seems to be competing against each other for the same money to serve the same people. 
it has been that way in the past. I'm going to say that um, the government is quickly closing the gaps. Oh. So if, if you have something that's unique and special, definitely you're going to want to highlight that. Okay. And that is your community gaming grant workshop. That is a call out to all non-profits and charities. Uh, on November 23rd at 1 to 3 p.m., you have to pre-register for Zoom? That's correct. Okay, and how do they... Email livewellprincegeorge at gmail.com, okay. and I send it right back to them. All right, and again, we'll have that link on our website under the Community Echoes that you'll see on our front page. And, and it's Understanding BC Government Grants. And even if you've applied for a gaming grant in the past, whether you've been successful or you've failed, maybe it's a good idea to to, to talk to the, these people and, and to talk to other organizations too to see what they're doing in the community as well. Um, and see if maybe you're on lowballing yourself. That was one of the things I learned is that initially that I was trying to be as frugal as I possibly can. And that's not necessarily the best route. Right. Nonprofits um, are all what you just said. They all try to stretch those dollars as much as they can, which is great. And we still want them to continue to do that. But they also have to understand that they are a business. They are in the business of supporting their community, providing programs and services that make the community as as uh, well as they, it is. So as, you're absolutely right, Wayne. Uh, short asserting yourself does not service you or your organization or the community. Ask for what it truly does cost to run an organization. And if you don't know, give us a call. We'll let you know that... Just keep in mind, right now the government says a living wage is $22.50 per hour. How many nonprofits pay their staff $22.50 an hour? I have no idea. Not a lot, I imagine. Not many. My. Yes, and, and again, and so if, if I know you have this workshop, but they can also contact you... Directly, you betcha, through our website. Anytime during the year? 24-7, 365 days a year, absolutely. Because I know there's also going to be a call for grants in the spring. Many grants, actually. The grant cycle is one in the fall and one in the spring for many different funding opportunities. The Community Gaming Grant has six sectors, and they have six different dates, opens and closes. So okay. February 1st is sports. Yeah, sports. And November is um, social enterprise? Social services. Social services. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to reiterate when it comes to that amount of money. Again, my, in my history, I, I would apply for the gaming grant. For I think I did it for the course of my whole existence at John Howard for 10 years. And I asked for the same amount of money for 10 years. Now, every other business knows that there's inflation and the cost of living and all these things increase. And yet here I was still asking for the same amount of money 10 years later. So... Yeah, I mean, that's important. And those are the things that I maybe uh, you'll learn when it comes to these workshops. How to be uh, effective with your grant. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Wayne. Sometimes it's hard for me to put that kind of uh, message across, but you said it so eloquently. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, embarrassingly. <laughs> Cost of living, inflation, absolutely. Especially post-COVID, things have changed. So the 
definitely connect with us, find out what the new rules and regulations are, what kind of changes can you expect. Okay, I'm going to go to a quick break, and maybe for the last 10 minutes we can do a wrap-up. I'm interested in you, Margaret, and your career and your experience in Prince George. The Prince George RCMP is requesting your help in locating 59-year-old Kevin Leroy Shore, wanted for possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose and possession of a firearm without a license. Shore is described as a Caucasian male, 6 foot 170 pounds, with balding brown hair and blue eyes. He is considered violent and should not be approached. If you know the whereabouts of Kevin Shore, call the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. The Prince George RCMP requests your assistance in finding 23-year-old Marcus Anthony Lorenzo Winning, wanted on two counts of robbery and for resisting or obstructing a police officer. He is described as a Caucasian male, 6 foot 1, 190 pounds, with short brown hair and brown eyes. If you know the whereabouts of Marcus Winning, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300 or report anonymously through Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-222. Tips. You're tuned into Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I am here with Margaret Jackson from the Live Well Prince George Society. And uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat myself over and over and over so people understand what is going on with the Live Well Society. So bear with me. The Community Gaming Grant Workshop is November 23rd, 1 to 3 p.m. You can pre-register through your email address, which, like I said, we will post on our website. But if you have a pen and paper... It's livewellprincegeorge at gmail.com. We have the Jingle Bell Christmas Craft Fair, Sunday, December 3rd at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and that's at the CN Center. It's an opportunity to get some exercise with your family and to pick up some things, some local crafts or some local gifts for Christmas. And we have the Arthritis and Chronic Pain Support Group, November 29th, uh, at the Prince George Civic Center from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, come on down. It's an opportunity for you to, to understand that you're not alone. There's lots of people that share with this chronic pain and uh, uh, inability to move. Uh, so um, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., Prince George Civic Center, come on down. Is there, like, coffee or... Water. There, there will be uh, something a there. Cookie. It, 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 exactly, <laughs> something warm. Okay, something to lure them down. Now, Margaret, you were saying there was you had one more event you wanted to share with us. Well, it's it's actually not an event yet. Oh, um, Livewell has many different projects that we're reaching out in the community to try to build a collaboration. Like, when was the last time that Prince George had a parade? We would love to see a Santa parade in conjunction with the Festival of Trees. When was the last time that, yeah, um, so many things actually. Okay, list what, them off. Where well, you... the, the, the walking trails along the river, they used to be accessible more often than that, what they are now. Right. Because they flood, so sure. they're not available. Sure. So I'd like to see maybe a trail built on the other side of the river and maybe start at the Foothills Bridge and go down to the winery so you can actually stop and have a lunch and then maybe travel back and well you know just... I, I i don't know maybe it's the uh, unpredictability of our nachaco or our fraser rivers maybe that's the issue i don't know anything about the rivers themselves but like Kamloops, they've developed all along the river. Exactly. Uh, when we were vacationing there we went down to a restaurant by the river and people were showing up in boats 
go have lunch? And I thought, you know, we have two rivers. Why are we not developing that? But there may be a, there might be a, um, some geological issue when it comes to that. Because I, I know that uh, if you go down to the river now, there is no river. It's a big sandbar, right? So, and we are uh, connected to the dam upriver, so I imagine that has an impact on us as well. But I like that idea of having that the trails, and I love to see that developed more, so that there are other restaurants or opportunities on the other side of the river. I agree, and and again, it goes all back to collaborating with other like-minded organizations that would like to see some amazing events or or projects developed here and and yes the one that really kind of hits me right in the middle of the heart is the closed schools or the empty buildings in prince george yes that being used for storage or not being used at all the third and gillette uh it was called the central fort george traditional school it's been closed for 12 years now being used for storage theater northwest and other organizations I have a collaborative effort of many organizations and individuals that would like to see that become a community center slash school of the arts. So, again, that would be music, hard of hearing, sign language classes, staging, theater Northwest. It's just, it has to be. Um, I have not had positive response from the school district, so we are putting together a proposal to present to city council. And I, I don't want to go into any more because it's it's not for me to say. It's it's collaboratively for the group, and, and I will let our group speaker speak on that behalf. But I do want the word out there that the closed schools and the closed empty buildings in and around Prince George, there is so many organizations and businesses that could make viable use of that space for nominal rent, Um obviously, for nonprofits, but if you reach out and let us know what you're expected for rent, maybe we can include that in some of our grants that we're applying for, and that would help them and help us. It's just collaborate. Let's work together and make Prince George a great city. Well, it sounds like um, excellent ideas. I mean, the buildings, although they're closed, still need to be maintained. So there, there's always been a cost to just having a building sitting there idle. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier in the show, uh, when it came to the School for the Deaf, I think there's that opportunity for a multi-purpose building. I so hope so. From your mouth to God's ears. All right. Now, so if somebody's, again, if somebody is listening and they're interested in this, either volunteer-wise or maybe even financially... What do they do? Do they go to the email again? Do they contact you? Either one. 24-7, 365 days a year. We're anxious to get some of these projects and and programs up and running. Kids don't wait. They grow up too fast. And seniors, of course, you know, seniors, they don't have a time stamp on them, but sometimes they're not here to enjoy some of the... The benefits of their labor, right? They they do have an expiry date, as all of us do. <laughs> Unknown. Unknown, exactly. But I mean, there's a, a you want quality of life when you've retired. You've worked for forty or fifty years or whatever. You know, when you retire, it's time to relax and to and to do this is in as healthy a situation as you possibly can. And that there are groups like such as yourself that support people in uh, letting them. You know, I live a healthy, productive Absolutely. retirement. Absolutely. And, and just because you retire does not mean that you're not useful. 
Oh, definitely. We, we still need uh, bookkeepers. We still need people that uh, can public speak or train others in what they do. Um, right now, I know the civic, the uh, senior council of seniors is looking for a receptionist. Answer the phone and greet people. That's a fun thing to do. So, yeah, it sounds like a kind of a social thing to do. Absolutely. And I imagine there's somebody out there that had that ability to uh, engage people in their workspace. So, you know, translate that skill into their retirement, yep. right? Just giving a little bit back to Prince George. Nice. Okay, I'm going to go to a quick break. In response to tremendous interest, Jude Greibel's Dismantled Worlds has been held over at Two Rivers Gallery through December 10th. Dismantled Worlds is a darkly humorous exploration of the toxic relationship between natural life and human industry. This surreal sculptural interpretation of capitalism and resource extraction blends anatomy with landscape and satirizes the effects of industry caused to climate change. Dismantled Worlds is now on through December 10th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. I have a business diploma. I started my own company. I'm 41 years old. I like to think I can tell a good joke. I love my two children. And because of COVID and the economy, we have no home. Don't let homelessness assumptions get in the way of homelessness solutions. Go to canadacandoit.ca. Help the Canadian Alliance to end homelessness. Thanks. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. Wind from the south at 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 4. Tonight, mainly cloudy, gusting south winds continuing. The temperature steady near 4. On Tuesday, cloudy, the 40% chance of showers. More gusting south winds with a high of 5. Bringing you the voices of our community. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, I have sitting in front of me a plethora of students. I think I talked to you, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? November 6th. Okay. When we st- when they started the Indigenous Radio Broadcasting Training for Youth Program, yeah, I got it in one. And so maybe a little bit of an update. Perhaps maybe you can introduce yourselves first. We'll go left to right. Oh, I am Justice Prince. I am Larissa Thomas. Heidi Sai Ethan Michelle. I'm from Lake Bevy Nation. I'm Sierra Paul. I'm from Clayley tonight. Okay. And now I got Justice, Larissa, Sierra. And Ethan. Oh, and Ethan. Ethan, E T H A N. I think I did exactly the same thing last time. No. I called you Nathan for the entire show until you corrected me at the end. No? I thought maybe I had. So it's been what, two weeks since you started? Has it? about two weeks and um, I'm just curious about your experience has it been positive is, are you still engaged have you had enough of reg yet I mean I've, I've had enough of reg so <laughs> I have I have the sympathy for you Sierra uh, honestly I think moving into the house and meeting all of these super wonderful people has been like just an amazing experience like I don't think this is going to be something I'm ever just going to okay well that was just a chapter in my life I'm done with that moving on now like it um, it's very eye opening for what this type of industry has to offer so far nice so it is impactful isn't it, it is very impactful yes wow Nathan slash Ethan so I've been I've had an amazing time I've learned so much and it's been swell so many amazing experiences and i'm 
hopeful for what's to come. Now, are you living in the house or are you living independent? I'm in the house, yes. Oh, you are in the house. Okay. Larissa? Um, I find this really, like, enjoying. I I mean, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm learning a lot every day, and I, yeah, I just, I'm I'm ready. Now, are you in the house as well? Yes, I am. Okay. Justice? Yeah, I've been enjoying it as well. It's, it's been fun, like, just coming here and learning all this new stuff. Yes. Right now, are you in the house as well? Yeah, I'm in the house. Okay, so, and they don't have like a camera in the house, so it's like a live show where people can tune in. And <laughs> no. One of these reality shows. <laughs> I think we have like a ring doorbell, that's about it. Uh, that's too bad. We should have thought ahead. We should have put cameras in there and it could, been, it could vote people out of the house at the end of the month. Very Very big like brother. Thing. Yes, like Big Brother. That would have been a wonderful idea. Now, I'm not sure what your expectations were coming into the program, but I'm curious as to, is there anything that you've, I mean, I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but is there anything that you've noticed that has kind of piqued your interest already? Is it uh, kind of a um, an area you think you're going to pursue, kind of specialize in? Larissa? Mm. You can just say no. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Any surprises, though, that... Uh, um, maybe you had an expectation about, and it's kind of you were surprised by. No, no, no. So uh, everything's been hunky dory for you. Yeah, everything's fine. Ethan, what was the question? <laughs> well, I'm just curious as to whether there was something that you found interesting immediately. That there's some area that oh. you wanted to target. Every single aspect has been amazing. Yeah. It's so hands-on. I'm learning so much every day. It's very observational and I'm taking it all in and it's great it's been great cool Larissa did you want to add something you, you look like oh damn I was supposed to say, I want to say <laughs> yes something. it is very interesting this course is I'm sorry I didn't understand the question that's okay it's more right. on me uh, okay justice uh no nothing yet it's still it's still very early in the course I'm yeah just checking everything out okay yeah um, I think it's been really interesting watching all of the different production type of things in the background of, like, the radio station. This is not something that normal people get to see in their everyday lives, so it definitely has piqued my interest quite a bit. Yeah, is a positive or a negative? Positive. Definitely <laughs> a positive. I like that I am talking to you and not a room full of people. That calms my nerves down a lot easier. Yeah, I, you know, I think radio is good for that. Um, you're not conscious of the fact that there may be thousands or hundreds or tens of people listening to you. Right? In my mind, it's just you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. It, it is. It's, it's a one-on-one, whereas in television, when you have a camera pointed at you, you're, I think you're, you're self-evident or you're self-conscious that you're thinking, you know, there are people watching. And you're aware of it. Exactly. And I could wear my house coat to work. Exactly. Nobody will know. No, but, well, except my guests. They might be offended, but. <laughs> That's what I'm I wearing a shawl. It looks, it's a literal rectangle of fabric and I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would have, I, I thought it was a serape, but, you know. I'm, I stand corrected. Oh, no, no. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> So, and now, I think uh, Sierra and Ethan, we talked to you two weeks ago. Justice, we go, we threw you on the microphone in the last minute yeah, and was, bombarded was... you with questions. <laughs> and you're like a deer in the headlights, like I would have been. Like, what the... So maybe I, I, I want to ask you, like I asked them, a little bit about your background. Where are you from? And um, 
what your expectations were for getting into this program. Uh, well, I'm from Stony Creek, uh, out by Vanderhoof, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, my dad told me about this program, and it looked really interesting, because uh, I wanted to see what it was like. I have never done anything like this before, so, yeah, it was, yeah. So it was just, yeah... Okay, I'll do that. I'm not busy yeah. at the moment, so I'll do that. You, you had no interested uh, interest in being in, I don't want to say showbiz, because this really isn't showbiz, <laughs> but in broadcasting or in entertainment, or did you, did, in school, did you act or you sing or? Uh, no, not really in school, no. no. Not, nothing like that. Were the class clown? <laughs> and, See. I don't know. No? No, no, just... And so, for you, your, is your interest in in front of the mic, or is it behind the scenes? I think behind the scenes, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That seems a bit more. Yeah, both is a good answer too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both will be nice. Yeah, I think part of um, um, working in front of a mic is to it, it builds a little bit of self confidence. Yeah. Uh, it it allows you to. Uh, uh, I don't know. Be a bit more spontaneous too, uh, especially if you're not a big talker. And just as you, you don't come across to me as a big talker yet, <laughs> no, no. so maybe that'll elicit some stuff out of you by the end of the course. When is the end of the course? I believe it's in April. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, have you guys been up to Seifer yet? No. Uh, yeah. Justice and I have. Yeah, we've been up there. We've seen it. Okay, and so give us your uh, give us your comparison. You've seen the two different, and we're both community radio stations. We're not the professional ones. Is, is there any differences, or are there any similarities? Just a generational difference. There is insignia, posters, every covering every single square inch of that building and that room. And this is very classic and toned down, but I do appreciate it. And But it was a great tour that we had just to see the workings of a radio station. We had no tour, like, no one introduced us to what goes on there, but we, obs- we observed it, and it was a good experience. Yeah. Same justice? Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there is. Their demographic is the university and their students, which, but, you know, they range from 20 to 50 years old. I know there's a lot of uh, mature students that go to the university as well. And our demographic is, you know, a little bit older. A little bit older. Okay, I'm going to go to a quick break, and I'll come back. I'm going to, you know, I I know that you guys have been involved in this program for such a brief period of time. What I'm interested in is you as an individual. Are you passionate about podcasts? Ready to share your knowledge and enthusiasm with the world? We're looking for you. Join the NCRA's Podcast School as a presenter and help aspiring podcasters bring their ideas to life. From March 5th to April 11th, 2024, come share your expertise, teach the art of storytelling, and be part of our vibrant community. It's your chance to inspire the next generation of podcast creators. Join us now and make a difference. Visit podcast.ncra.ca to learn more and apply today. In response to tremendous interest, Non-Returnables has been held over at Two Rivers Gallery now on through January 7th. Non-Returnables brings together artists from across B.C. with work exploring our relationship with plastic. 
Representing a wide range of perspectives, the exhibition provokes a consideration of critiques, solutions, and reimaginings of plastic and its impact individually, socially, and environmentally. Non-returnables, now on through January 7th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. You're listening to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I have Justice, Larissa, Ethan... And Sierra, they are part of the Indigenous Radio Broadcasting Training for Youth program that is running from November to April. And so hopefully by the end of this, they'll be able to come in here and just take over everything and run the radio station ourselves. Now, part of it, I guess, you know, looking at this, I think of it as a training opportunity for broadcasting. But, you know, one of the most important elements is the Indigenous now, I'm wondering if I can go through uh, and ask you, A, you all have Indigenous backgrounds, and I'm interested in what uh, Indigenous, I don't know, celebrities or friends or family, who was it that inspired you, or who was it that you see as a role model? Sierra? Um, so I did briefly touch on this last time you asked this question. I know, and I'm my just going to check my notes and see if you're consistent and say the same thing. So my auntie Desiree was a radio talk show host who did work with one of the coordinators prior to this. So when this yeah. um, thing came forward, she sent me the link to it, told me her great experiences about it. And um, actually, one of my other cousins, Kalani, is on a TV show that's really? based out of, I think, Toronto. It's um, Shorzy or something. Right. Yeah. So it's like I kind of have a couple of family members who are really interested in this industry and just hearing their thoughts on it and whatnot, just talking to the public and being out there. I really, really thought it was a good idea to get into that myself. Well, it sounds like you, you can carry on a family tradition. Exactly. <laughs> that is so cool. Ethan? My mother, my grandmother, my high school drama teacher, these are all women that have impacted me. And that my high school teacher, in fact, is such an, an Indigenous advocate that I just love her for that. My grandmother is the strongest Indigenous woman I know. She is every summer cutting fish, doing the harvest, preparing, being an amazing matriarch. My mother introduced me to this opportunity, and I took it, thankfully, through her wisdom and sharing. I have so many idols that I look up to, and whether they're a celebrity or not, I, I they're celebrities to me. They're rock stars. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to be. That's why I wanted to include family and friends, because not everyone is inspired by celebrities. Not everyone should be inspired by celebrities. And there's not that big of a catalog of mainstream indigenous artists to no, me. Not so, yet. Yes. Not yet. Not yet. It, it's coming. It's coming. It is. It is. There's a, uh, there's a whole backlog that needs to, uh, society needs to catch up with. Now, your grandmother, uh, does she participates in a lot of traditional stuff? Oh, yes. She, whether it be hunting, fishing, going to Pot Lodge, being just extra indigenous and unapologetic about it she lives in her truth and that's just that's just who she is and i love her so much for it she's imparted so much wisdom into me that i just i'm forever grateful that is awesome that is awesome to pass down that tradition does she speak her native language yes that's even more amazing and i think i said before that culture is based on language and language needs to be protected that way you can maintain culture as well larissa 
Um, I would have to say my idol would be Mr. Carey Price. I am from, I am from Algacho, so that's Anaheim Lake Reserve, and he is just up there and amazing, and his mother, um, Linda Price is the chief. So I just really think that that's beautiful that, um, we just, um, the, being a First Nations woman to, to, you know, just being chief, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I've been to Anaheim Lake. I met yes. Linda uh, when I worked at uh, uh, Community Corrections. I went down there for a meeting with her, and I met her. She oh, is an nice. amazing lady. Um, and it, it, it was an interesting community. Um, that's one of the things I admire about Indigenous culture, though, is Indigenous culture was way ahead of everybody else, still is, when it comes to um, women and their role in um in the culture is there it never was an issue with a female being a leader yes you know that's not been an issue and it, it, it and i don't need need to be telling you your culture but it it it's founded on women mm-hmm. they understand the value of women yeah. and i don't think western culture gets that yet mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Linda is an amazing woman. Yes, and um, I understand that they they drove him to practices yeah. miles and miles and miles. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, awesome. Mm-hmm. Justice. Uh, I think you asked me this question that, like on the first day. I, I did, and I'm going to check to see if your answer is the same. <laughs> I couldn't really think of anything last time either. Like nothing that comes to mind. Like. Yeah, I couldn't think of much last time, like right now. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, uh, you guys, again, are still young, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you can attach yourself to something. And I kind of admire the independence, too. Yeah. You know, you figure, meh, there's nobody that inspires me. You can inspire yourself, right? You can be that 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 rebel. So I saw you guys here today. What were you guys doing? Were you guys doing voice tracks? Yes, yeah, we were learning all about it, and it was very, very hands-on, and let's get it right. Yeah, and you all... You all yeah, we all had to make a little commercial thing where we introduced the songs, and then we had to say, like, what was coming up next, say the station name and everything. It was pretty interesting. Well, was there a downside to it? What was the... What was the- Plus and the minus there. I didn't know all the songs. Okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that would be yeah, one of the things. it's a little weird. There are a lot um, more of an older genre than I purposely go for for myself. You can use the word ancient. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, you know, I never even thought of that. I guess um, the type of artists that you listen to um, are a little younger? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I was raised by one of my grandparents, so I, some of them I did end up knowing, but sure. a lot of them were kind of just like, I don't know who that is. Well, I, I mean, I'm up there in age, too, and I come across some names during the voice track that I've never heard of them either. Yeah. Although they've been popular, obviously they've been in the top ten at some point. Just out of curiosity, Sierra, what is your, your, your genre? Who do you listen to? Honestly, a lot of the times when I'm trying to, like, decompress and feel more like myself, I'm listening to classical music, oddly enough. Right, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> classical music. Or usually, like, an R&B vibe, rap vibes. Uh, I do also really enjoy popular music, as Ethan does, too. I'm kind of all over the spectrum. The only thing I'm not really for is probably country music. Just oh. not my vibe. Okay, well, that's fair. Any specific artists you can name? Off the top of my head, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ethan? My artists range from 
every aspect of this world, every corner. I love to just <laughs> cry and look for the like what 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 feeds my soul, and that can be whether it's from the Motown era or the '90s, like R&B and hip hop resurgence, or just that that whole thing. I love I, I love eras of music, and. I'm mostly going back to like the 70s and the 80s and just like where when a woman was behind a mic, she gave her all. And I love that. Right. Now, did you find the same issue that Sierra had that some of the artists were a little obscure? No, I appreciate all, all kinds of music. And I, my, my taste ranges from like hardcore rap to the uh, most classical and I love that for me. I love to explain, explore the whole entire range of right. the catalog this world has to offer. Because from what I understand, you're a singer, right? Yes. Okay. Larissa? Um, I would have to say R&B, some country, and indigenous rap. Indigenous rap? Yeah. Um, particular artists? Uh, Iliano. Okay. From Winnipeg. Okay. Yes. Wow, I've never heard indigenous rap. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, and I actually recently, weeks ago, I saw the Snotty Nose Res Kids at an event, and they were glorious. It's such such a show, very high energy, and I loved it. Good on them. Well, I, <clears throat> by tonight, I will have. I'm going to look that up. What's the name again? Iliano. Uh, Iliano. From Winnipeg. From Winnipeg. Now, what is it about Winnipeg? And that- there is Winnipeg's most as well. Okay. That's the difference, yeah. And Winnipeg just seems to produce artists. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the Guess Who come out of there. We've had Neil Young come out of there. And uh, we have this Iliano. I mean, uh, what is about Winnipeg? I guess it's this this deserted, well, not deserted, but this bleak winter place that, you know, you turn to music to maybe make it through the night. I don't know. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, did Now, did you find the same issue that Sierra had when it came to the voice tracks and some of these artists you'd never heard of? Yes, I did. Because sometimes it's the pronunciation that that, that yes. gets you, right? Yes. It's, I mean, anybody can read, but sometimes the pronunciation of the artist is, can be difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I looked at Ileano, there's no way I would have pronounced it like that. Mm-hmm. Justice? Uh... What was the question again? Artists. Oh, artists. Um, no, nothing in particular. Like, because uh, I just listen to like anything that sounds good to me. I'm like, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good song, and I just added to my playlist. Yeah. Oh, okay. But nobody like, you can think of off the top of your head an artist that you particularly like or a genre. Are you a country fan? Uh, no, country isn't really my thing. <laughs> okay. I really like uh, like piano stuff. Oh, really? That stuff's nice. I like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Anyway, I'm running out of time here. I'm going to wrap up by saying thank you once again for sitting down with me and having this chat. I wish you the best of luck. I think you guys are going to do great. And I, I really appreciate your influence on the radio station. You've been listening to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Community Echoes is produced by Wayne Hughes with technical assistance from Jimmy May. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 9. For past shows, check out the archives link at CFISFM.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, please email CFISFM at yahoo.ca.
You're tuned to 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the Prince George Council of Seniors. 